Welcome back to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast. This is your host, Amos Medford. Wannabe hunter, wannabe bow hunter, wannabe podcast host, all that good stuff. Oh man, I'm excited to have a special edition Tuesday afternoon episode if you're listening to this one right after the release. And we get to announce at the end the winner of the uh, Kenneth Laird Art Studios Wear the Wild performance shirt so that's super exciting um kenneth has some awesome art we're going to talk about it all about it in this episode and uh he's teamed up with uh florida camo and uh their printer right here in florida made in the usa so that's pretty awesome um anyways we'll get into all that good stuff during the episode but i'm excited to have kenneth on talked to him a few times now over the past few months and just a great guy doing some awesome work so uh, i'm sure you guys will enjoy this one as always i do want to say thank you to this episode's sponsor anabolic grow if you are planning a food plot you need to check out anabolic uh, grow whether it's a big uh, few acres uh, that you've got or whether you're doing a quarter acre here and a half acre there in the backwoods putting something in anabolic grow is designed to help maximize what you're doing for your wildlife so you want to check them out they've got a seed coat foliar spray you can hear all about it from my episode uh, with todd karen and uh, i believe that's episode 27 and uh, you can also check out their very recent episode of marshfield uh, outdoors um uh, podcast uh, you can check that out they talk all about it they've got a few other guys that jumped on that call with them so it's very cool i'm sure you guys will uh, enjoy learning about them thank you to them for supporting us we're happy to support them and without further ado let's jump into this episode with kenneth laird make sure you check him out on instagram it's at kenneth laird studios at kenneth laird studios so i'll uh, i'll definitely share this out and tag him in the post so you can check it out Thanks to everybody for listening. Uh, my name is Kenneth Laird, and I'm a practicing uh, professional creative director, but also I'm a, a wildlife artist, a newly converted wildlife artist after about 32 years of being a traditional illustrator and graphic designer, package designer, kind of jack of all trades. Uh, right. Th- um, uh, I, I had actually published something on another social media outlet about how I came to be do, doing the, the type of work I'm doing right now. Uh, in, in December of 2021, honestly, man, I was burned out as an artist. Uh, I, I consider myself a portrait artist. My work was extremely, extremely tight. And for those of the art world that don't know what tight means, it means incredibly detailed, like photorealistically detailed. Mm-hmm. I literally would spend I literally would spend years on a piece of artwork, like like years. And the pressure of people calling me up in October, November, saying, hey, can you have a, a piece finished of my mom or my dog or this or that? It, it was just weighing heavy on me. And, and I said, you know what? This is my last year ever doing this. And I was literally, man, I was literally considering retiring, just just selling all my art supplies and say, you know what? I'm just going to go to my job, be a creative director, and I'm not going to put anything to paper anymore. I'm just tired of it. Well, um, 
one of my uh, former professors that I had at Syracuse University, I've got a master's degree in visual communications. She, I don't know, maybe she had an intuition or something, but she reached out to me and said, hey, I'd like to invite you to, uh, to, to a national event I'm holding. And she said, just, just sit in on it. Just listen. And what it was was these artists from all over America. Nobody could do anything because it was during COVID. So all these artists were just, you know, being more productive than they've probably ever been in their lives. And so she introduced me to all of these other artists. And then she started, like, showing my work. And I'm giving my sob story about I'm tired, I'm bummed out. Well, long story short, man, I ended up getting Lisa Sear. And I, I will go ahead and uh, just just make mention of hers. Uh, and at the end of this, I could give her a website or whatever. But, but anyway, she said, listen, I'm offering a mentorship program to artists just like you to reinvent themselves. And she asked me an important question. She said, when was the last time that you did a piece of artwork just for yourself and you did it just for fun. And man, I couldn't even think of a time when I had done it. It was always for someone else, you know? Right. Then she asked me the second question, and that was, if you could paint or draw anything with no restrictions, what would you like to do? So I started playing around and I started making a list of all these things. And, uh, AJ, that, that I really, really loved in my life. All of a sudden, man, I landed on hunting, the outdoor, fishing, and all these things, man, that, that I had also lost a passion for when I was a lot younger. Mm -hmm. uh, when I, before I went off to college, and I may mention a little bit to you, before I went off to college to be an artist, man, I spent a lot of time in the woods. I got my first, I got my first 22 rifle. I was about 12 years old. I went squirrel hunting in the woods. We'd go dove hunting. Um, my grandfather, I told you, held a Guinness Book of World Records for trap shooting. He taught us how to shoot. Um, and that was something I always loved. When I was a junior in high school, I had a pack of beagles. I trained beagles. And then when I went off to college, man, I had to sell all my beagles. And, and I had to concentrate on trying to get out of school as quickly as I could um, because I'd made a commitment and a promise to my parents that I was going to do everything I could to become an artist. You right. know, so, so hunting and fishing, and fishing is still something I, I still do. That's, that's the one thing doing my artwork and fishing still brings me a lot of solace. And I, I, I have, I have fished down in Louisiana. I have fished down in Georgetown, South Carolina. Um, last year I had planned a trip to go over to the outer banks and fish COVID kind of gotten away with that. Um, so, so fishing is, is something that still I do, but as far as hunting, some people might look and say, well, you know, what, why all of a sudden this guy's doing wildlife artwork when he used to do portraits of, of children and people? Well, Lisa Sear kind of 
said, just do what you love. And it all kind of started with a picture that I saw of a friend of mine and his dad had taken, his name is Drake Lee. He's a hunting guide in Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And it was this beautiful photograph his dad had taken on an iPhone. And literally it was just him leaned up against a tree and he has lanyard there with a couple of uh, uh, mallard ducks on it. And he's blowing, he's, he's uh, blowing his duck call. And I mean, it was so vivid, so real. And so I reached out to his mom and I said, Hey, do you, do you think uh, his dad would mind if I painted that picture? And that was the first one I did. That was the very first one. I think I sent it to you. You did. Yep. And you know, it was, I was kind of off to the races. Well, then people saw that one. Well, then my brother-in-law, um, uh, they duck hunt quite a bit. And he sent me a picture of my nephew's dog. Her name's Maggie Mae. And she's sitting on her little landing pad out there looking up in the air. And so I painted that one. And I developed this process that as I started exploring, nobody else was doing. And I, and I have to give Lisa all the credit at first when I was doing my paintings, I was doing a combination of like acrylic. I would take acrylic and then take the photo, integrate the photo into this acrylic painting. And I thought I was really onto something, but what I was doing was I only had like a square format and she said, you got to do something that's different. And so what she had me start doing was working with edges. And what makes my work very unique from a lot of other wildlife art is if you notice, when you see it, there's this really unique abstract quality about the edge work. But then again, as you go towards the middle of the piece, it's very realistic. Right. And, you know, I'll kind of give out my million dollar secret here. Um, but literally, the way that the work is done is I take black acrylic paint, a palette knife, and I sit down on my pool table, cover it with plastic, and I probably do about 20 abstract paintings with a palette knife. Each painting probably takes me maybe uh, 30 seconds to do. Mm -hmm. Then after that, I photograph it, very high, very high res, and then I get a a, a photograph and then that photograph is then digitally painted onto that uh that background and so you know it, that right there is is the primary basis for the artwork that i'm doing and how it originally started so um, the, go ahead i'm sorry you're good. No, I was just going to say it's, it is very unique and it's something that stands out next to what you see. I mean, um, I, I know you would, you would say the same thing. There's a lot of good artists out there, a lot of good painters, a lot of good uh, sketchers or whatever you want to call them. And uh, they can draw wildlife, they can paint wildlife, but it's definitely something different as far as, um, you know, the style goes and it stands out for, for that reason. So it's pretty cool how you how it kind of came about. Um, and I like, you know, several things you said there kind of stood out to me. The one thing was, um, you know, the advice mentorship that you got about it being fun and doing what would you paint if, if you, if you did what you wanted to do, because in the quote unquote hunting industry, 
that's kind of a thing that comes up from time to time is you have guys, whether it's they have a TV show or they're doing social media or whatever it may be. It's like, you know, they may promote what pays the best or they may be so stressed about getting a, a buck shot on film because if not, they're not going to have a show. And it's like, well, what would you hunt if you did it for fun? You know, I mean, you know, squirrels, rabbits you know what smaller smaller bucks or whatever you know which it's it's uh it's crazy out there but it's kind of interesting the parallel just kind of from how you described it it can happen really in any industry and in any walk of life and it's always good to look back and say you know what what do i enjoy <laughs> yeah and so far it's been an incredible ride i, I want to uh you know pay mention to some people that have really helped me along the way the, the very first person that first started liking my images on Instagram was a gentleman by the name of Justin Trent, fabulous guy, super, super great photographer, great outdoorsman, great conservationist. Um, and he's at, um, at Florida foul mouth outdoors on Instagram, if you want to check him out. But Justin had an image on his, Instagram page of this cinnamon teal duck and I, I when I first saw it I thought it was one of the most beautiful images I had ever seen in my life the water was collected on the bill of the duck it was an unusual duck and a cinnamon teal is not is not a duck you see every day right and I actually found uh, I found out from from Justin that uh, they came close to to you know, getting that, that duck, uh, but he was able to photograph that cinnamon teal. So what I did was I reached out to him on Instagram and said, Hey, would you consider letting me paint that cinnamon teal and use your picture as reference? And he reluctantly said, yes, he and I, since that one single day, I actually called him on the phone. He and I have a, have a great relationship, but he sent me that photograph. Mm -hmm. And the very first painting I did of that cinnamon teal, we collaborated on Instagram and it almost got 900 likes on one image. Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, I think I'm on to something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, so then the next image that he he sent, and I'm I'm kind of keeping an eye on him because if you've ever you you've checked out Justin's stuff, I mean you know it, you know how good a photographer he is, especially with with waterfowl. Oh yeah. So the next one he sent me was this. Um, uh, it was a wood duck, and so I was experimenting that time actually doing abstract paintings on birch, like on birch wood. Had these little birch panels and so i did that one on birch mm -hmm. when i did that one we had over three thousand five hundred people like that one wow <laughs> well about that time is when i think you just started noticing the work yeah all right so then in conversation with justin then justin led me down a trail that got me in touch with uh with John Brown, who is another, I mean, John hunts everything down there. I mean, if it, if it crawls, walks, or swims, he's on it. Yep. And uh, the one thing that John was very prolific at, at shooting, 
and taken photographs of was was the Osceola turkeys down there. And for me, you know, seeing Easterns and, you know, the turkey I'd seen originally coming from West Tennessee, those turkeys down there just blew my mind. And those pictures just blew my mind, you know. Oh, yeah. I did the same thing. Reached out to John. John happened to know Justin. There was this trust there. So, you know, seems like I got all these Florida boys now. (laughs) (laughs) And so then the next one I did was I did a, 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 a painting of one of John Brown's turkeys. Uh, and, and it just, it just kept going. They, they would go, Hey man, let me see. You. And then it got to be where they would take these great pictures and they'd say, Hey, before I publish it, I want you, I want to share it with you. And then they would want me to paint it. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Brown actually got me into also painting the retrievers. He sent me a, he, he had had a picture of, uh, it, it was in memory of, he had a black lab, a female black lab named Brown Southern Bell who had passed away. And in memorandum, he had put something on Facebook. Well, it was a beautiful picture of this dog with a, uh, with, with a, a duck in its mouth. And so I went ahead and painted that. And that image uh, is now on my clothing line. And then, let's see, Brian Etheridge, he is uh, a photographer up in the Ohio area. He saw my work, and then he sent me a a black lab. I painted his black lab, and one thing just led to another. But probably the most prolific uh, waterfowl person I'm now collaborating with is a gentleman by the name of uh, Danny Klaus. Danny Klaus has an incredible story. Uh, Danny Klaus uh, is a is a uh, retired veteran from uh, from Gulf Wars, I believe. Anyway, he's basically shot over a million pictures of ducks in a year, and a lot of the pictures that I get, I get from Danny, especially my pictures of wood ducks now. Uh, Danny actually has kind of a nature preserve in his backyard. He he raises the, he he puts up the, the wood duck nests and and builds them and so you know I've I've got a huge bread basket of 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 hunters and conservationists and I'm extremely thankful to every one of these guys that have have helped me so far and hopefully I've got more that you know, I want to get on board and see their stuff. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And to have the, you know, kind of the welding of those guys. I mean, I, like you said, I, I followed along with them and uh, they take some amazing pictures. So to kind of have them worked into the art is, is amazing. Um, I don't have any pictures for you. Maybe, maybe I'll get an iPhone picture for you along the way. But, uh, <laughs> I'll have to get a well, one of these days, but that's awesome. Well, I love it pictures they take yeah well you you um you do your own thing because this is an art form in itself anybody that doesn't doesn't fumble and bumble around when they talk <laughs> yeah, but, you know if you're the host you're supposed to try to sound like you know what you're talking about you know <laughs> not, but you know we try <laughs> uh, a little bit about uh again i'll go back a little bit about my background um i'm a native of 
and so I say Memphis, Tennessee, everywhere. It's like, you ask Justin Timberlake, from? I'm from Memphis, Tennessee. Well, he's not really from Memphis. He's from a little country town called Woodstock. I'm actually from a, a little town in uh, uh, called Millington, Tennessee, and I grew up, it's about 20, 25 miles from Memphis. And I went to a little small high school. Uh, obviously, at the high school, we had about 250 in our graduating class. I was the best artist. I was the only person from our high school, I think, that ever got an art scholarship from, from the entire school and the history of the school. And honest truth, man, I went off to art school and I was going to be the next Norman Rockwell or I was going to be the next Frank Fazetta and design album covers. Unfortunately, when I graduated art school, man, they didn't have album covers and everything had switched over to CDs. So my, my dream was kind of shattered early. Yeah. So, so I, I worked my way around as a freelancer and just just anything. Believe it or not, man, I, my first job as an artist, I didn't work as an artist. My very first job I worked was a food vending driver for about a year before I got my first art job. <laughs> my first art job I got, man, I was I was getting paid $15 an hour to do pen and ink drawings at churches, and they fired me after I did about the third one. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't do I don't do draw I don't draw buildings very well. I really don't. So right, that's right. It sounded like maybe took a little bit, but you kind of found uh, found some stuff you do you do pretty yeah. well. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, any, anything else you want to know about my about my background? You know. Um. <laughs> yeah. It it was interesting to me. Um, you mentioned the beagles. Like I don't want to ask you about that. Um, sure. How, we didn't hunt or anything with uh, with beagles, but I always had a beagle growing up, and uh, I love that love that dog. And I thought I was like. Yeah, beagles. That's awesome. There's some. There's some sweet. Yeah, um, I had an uncle. His name was J.C. Montgomery. And see, my my dad, he he would take a squirrel hunting, and you know, he taught me how to shoot a gun. Uh, but my dad was not a hunter. But my uncle J.C. and my that side of our family, they were very prolific hunters. I mean, they duck hunted, uh, deer hunted, every kind of every kind of season they were out there. And of course, the one thing that I've explained to a lot of people was, see, I grew up in West Tennessee. Well, the only places that to hunt you hunted ducks was in sloughs off in offshoots of the Mississippi River, and only way to get there is you had to get on the river a lot of times to get into your blinds. Well, my dad never would let us get on the river. It was the Mississippi River is an extremely dangerous river. I mean, it's it's not for the faint of heart to get on that river. And so, so I never was able to duck hunt with my uncles or anything because my dad just didn't want us out there. He was, was afraid we would get. You know, we would drown like like I had a couple of people in school that actually drowned duck hunting. You know, I remember the news doing reports about guys that went duck hunting and, you know, they're they can't be found. And so um, but my uncle would would um, 
he would take me rabbit hunting and um and then he took he he had a extremely expensive walker coon hound we'd go coon hunting with him mm-hmm. i had i had other friends that i went to high school with and so rabbit hunting and coon hunting if 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 you had a gun man was like the least expensive sport i mean you could get you a license and get a get a shotgun all you needed was an orange vest dude you was out there in the woods and you could do it and so I loved it, man. I I would go out with my uncle, with his dog, and we would hunt. We would hunt coons, and then uh, as far as the beagles, you know, I would go out with him. Well, I begged and begged and begged my parents if I could have a beagle. <laughs> so and and of course, if you get a beagle, you know, it's usually <clears throat> if you get a beagle, most most of the time, if you want to hunt, you really want to get a pair of beagles. So I talked to him and I'd only get me one beagle, but I got a pair of beagles. And so I had a, I had a pair of beagles. I had a, a male, a male beagle, female beagle. And, uh, but the male beagle I had ended up being really, really well-bred and was a very sought after dog. Everybody wanted to hunt with me. Uh, my uncle taught me how to train the beagle. And uh, believe it or not, a lot of people do not think you can do this, but I had a trained rabbit that I trained my beagles with, oh. and I trained them with a with and and the way the way that I started the the training process was when they were little puppies in the pen. You take a rabbit pelt and you don't put it in there with them, but you put it right outside the pen, and you let that rabbit pelt just hang over them and tee them. <laughs> you take the little rabbit pelt. And you drag the rabbit pelt, and then you take it and you you hide the rabbit pelt in a spot, and you let the little puppies find the rabbit pelt. But when they find the rabbit pelt, you don't give it to them. You make them, and then you basically you take that rabbit pelt a little farther every day, every day, every day, every day, until they start getting a little bit more mature. And when they get a little more mature, then you could take a tame rabbit, and they would take the tame rabbit. They would, my beagles would chase the tame rabbit. The difference between a tame rabbit, a wild rabbit, a wild rabbit will just run in circles. A tame rabbit will just run. And once a tame rabbit just wore out, they just lay down. Well, then you teach your dogs not to attack the rabbit. So like, when I would take my dogs hunting, everybody else's dog was attacking and tearing up the the dead rabbit. My dogs would just sit there and look at me like, what in the heck are they doing? (laughs) So it was, it, it was, it was something, man. I, I love training those beagles. And then, you know, but when I, I went to college, I got a scholarship to the Savannah College of Art and Design. And my, my, my dad said, you got a decision, son. It's like, you know, is it fair for you to leave those dogs sitting in a pen while you're off to college? Or would it be more fair for the dogs to be sold to another hunter that could appreciate? And so I sold the dogs to a, to a, very respected hunter that you know he he got the beagles and took care of my beagles for me and and when i would come back on break i could go hunting you know <laughs> <laughs> um and you know but but again my father he was an iron worker um and my dad was a horse trainer and so i grew out i grew up man and on a, in a little neighborhood we had about 30 acres of farmland and woods behind us I look back on my life, man, I had it made as a kid. Oh, yeah. 
you know, we we always had a horse. You know, we'd go horseback riding. We go out in the woods, build forts. I mean, we we you know we could easily go out there. We knew the farmer on the land. We'd go out there, shoot squirrels, whatever. So, uh, it, it, unfortunately, life got in the way. And now that I've started painting and drawing and doing this wildlife art. And I'm telling you, dude, I'm like, you, I want to be out there in the woods, man. I want to be doing it now. Yeah, yeah, we'll get you right back into it. It's uh, it's pretty crazy. But, yeah, that's that sounds like a pretty good uh, pretty good way to grow up. Much better, uh, 30 acres of farmland and yeah. rabbits and riding horses and all that than a uh, video game I yeah, well, I kind of grew up in the Atari age, you know, and, and uh, you know, but but again, we, uh, you know, our friends would come over and we, we, we'd go to the woods and we'd, you know, have shooting contests and just did all kind of stuff. So, you know, I, I, I guess I didn't really appreciate what I had until I really did start painting and drawing wildlife and doing this hunting artwork. AJ, you just don't know. And now it's kind of, and, and so, you know, it's, it's rekindled, a, a rejuvenated a quest for me to say, Hey, you know what? I want to go out and, and, and if I don't kill it myself, I want to be with someone when they kill a turkey. I want to see uh, Osceola turkey up close. I want to see the feathers. I want to see the color up close, you know, when it's a friend, you know, and the same thing with with ducks now when it comes to the duck hunting I, i'd relay to you that um so the president and ceo of prime one camouflage they're out in tennessee mm-hmm. uh, the ceo of that company her name is stacy walker and she and I went to art school together in Memphis. I went to art school in Savannah, Georgia. Then after I was there about a year and a half, I transferred to the Memphis College of Art. Well, Stacy was studying medical illustration, and she herself left art school, became a wildlife artist, and then married an outdoorsman. And she developed a pattern of camouflage, and she has 24 camouflage patterns and her own brand. And, mm-hmm. well... I kind of hooked up with her. She agreed to license the camouflage patterns. Um, and so, you know, through that connection, uh, it kind of led me to this idea of, well, people out doing shirts. I, um, would You know, man, I'd like to see that on the back of a shirt. Right. So... Well, this is interesting. So, so John Brown, who I've mentioned, has a friend named Pete who owns Florida Camo. Yep. Um, uh, you know, I can't I can't really mention the ins and outs of the deal or anything, but a deal was was struck where Pete would allow Kenneth Hart Studios to use the Florida Camo pattern, and. So I, I started designing some turkey shirts using the, the Florida camo pattern. Well, then around the same time, then I started working with Prime One Camo and Stacy, and so some of the shirts 
were adapted also go on that. So presently at this time, I have licensing deals with two companies, you know, most regional and prime one is national. And um, that's been a huge boost. I mean, the other day, prime one camo put me on their story. Uh, they put me on one of their stories. That's like the first time I've ever made a prime one story. Also, they put me on their actual Instagram page. And after that, I don't know how many more followers I got, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, and lo and behold, Pete was so kind as to share the printer that he has in, in uh, Orlando, Florida, and so the printer and the, well, they, they cut, they sew, they print all the, the performance shirts that I do. And they're all made in the USA in Orlando, Florida. And they're done by the same company that does Pete's uh, Florida camo or a lot of Pete's Florida camo. So yeah. I'm extremely appreciative to Pete, John Brown, like I said, man, I can't say thanks enough to these guys that's helped me along the way just because they like some paintings that I did. And I mean, that's the long and the short of it. I'm extremely grateful for these guys because they thought I did cool looking artwork of, of ducks and turkeys and stuff. I mean, I never would have thought that if somebody would have told me when I started painting that, you know, I would gone from that all the way to having licensing deals with camouflage companies i'd have looked at you and said you're crazy you know oh yeah yeah and it's it's definitely a blessing it's it's really cool i i love that made in the usa part um that's you know a big selling point to to some of us as well you know it's uh it's not everything i own but i've definitely made a conscious uh choice here in the last few years to buy as much made in the usa as possible so that's really cool. I love the Florida camo pattern, you know, being here in Florida and uh, all that. It's, it's, it's really, one, it looks cool, but two, it, it, it literally is amazing in our, um, in our neck of the woods. It, it matches up real well. So all that is, is uh, kind of how, kind of how it all caught my eye, I guess, you know, kind of like. Yeah. Well, the, well, the, yeah, the, uh, the, the Palmetto the all three patterns they have availability, but the palmetto pattern, uh, the first time I saw it actually printed, it just blew me away, you know? Yeah. yeah. Amazing. And, and Pete, you know, he's a, an artist himself, you know, that's kind of sure. camo came about is his, his painting. So it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I've spoken to him. He's a super, super nice guy. And, and again, I want to just say, to him on this podcast how much i appreciate him trusting uh his brain being put on my work and uh you know I, you know again we we kind of have a we're kind of as far as artists we're we're in competition with one another but at the same time you know every artist is kind of in a distinct way in competition with one another but every artist also helps one another so it's it's a wonder it's a wonderful thing the way the art world works together and especially the way the hunting community works together because in the hunting community you know if you break a tip or you need a or you need an arrow you know that you got a bud out there that's going to help you out it's kind of the same way in the art world yep that's really cool that's an interesting parallel it's uh 
it is business. There is competition, but I've really mm-hmm. heard the same thing that there's so much, uh, you know, helping folks along, and uh, it's really cool to see. And uh, I want to say thank you for being the uh, one of my earliest followers. That's just you know, man, you made you made really nice comments on so many pieces of artwork I've done. Also, you, you've been so instrumental in sharing my work, uh, always doing your, your cool stories. One of the reasons I started following you was because you do cool stories, man. You really do, man. Your Instagram stories, they're the bomb, dude. I'm telling you. Take it from a creative director, man. They're really, really good. So, Well, I appreciate that. I, I try to put stuff out that'll be interesting, that'll be educational, informative, and, uh, you know, fun. I mean, that's, that's uh, what I say at the end of every single podcast episode is, honor God, work hard, have fun and keep hunting. And, you know, all those things are important to me. Um, there's priority in that list, but it's, uh, it's part of the deal. So I'm, I'm happy to share. And, and, uh, that's one thing I, I've kind of looked at is, uh, you know, shares and likes and comments are free. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to wearing one of your shirts and buying, buying more, I'm sure in the future, but you know, I, you know, for free, I can, I can tell somebody if they're doing a good job, whether it's you or somebody else. So yeah, I urge everybody to, to, uh, to do that as well. Well, um, in regards to, to, uh, to the, to the point you just said about God, I, I did want to say I myself am a Christian, a proud Christian, and I hope it's okay to say that on your podcast Oh yeah, uh, because without, without, with, without the Lord above, man, I wouldn't be where I'm at. Um, you know, there's a lot more to my story that I don't even need to say, you know, and for years and years and years, like I said, man, I'm, I'm, I was a struggling artist. I didn't have a direction. I didn't know what I was going to do. Thank goodness. A few people took some chances on me and kind of, you know, now here I am and I'm, I'm by far no, you know, no, no, uh, <laughs> no Andy Warhol or anything, but at the same time, if if someone would have told me in December that I would be on your podcast, you know, especially after considering you know retiring as an artist, man, I I, I had to give God the glory, you know, I, I really do. I had to give God the glory for where I'm at right now. Talk to you, um, you know, exemplifies that. Well, I I couldn't agree more. I, I you know I feel the same way. Every opportunity I get, I feel is a blessing blessing from the Lord. So I, I couldn't agree more. And you are welcome to, to say anything you want like that on, on here anytime you come back to. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, I always was kind of curious. I know we've spoken once or twice, but uh, I'm, I'm just real quick. I know it, it's my, my time to talk and everything, but I was wondering how did you originally uh, get your podcast going and, um, what was your association to the outdoors? Yeah, I grew up uh, here in North Florida, and we were outdoors, um, you know, shooting guns. And we had an old kids' compound boat. We used to shoot at pine trees in the backyard, <laughs> that. And so, but no one in my family. I didn't have an uncle that hunted. I didn't really have a grandpa that hunted. My dad didn't hunt for, um, you know, everything involved. Oh, it just didn't didn't do it. And I had some friends who their dad would go hunting and sometimes take them. And it was just always interesting to me. I've told the story before that 
when I was a kid, I was really enamored with uh, Daniel Boone and Davy Crockett and the cartoons and movies. But the part that really grabbed me was anything that had to do with hunting or anything that depicted them hunting for whatever reason just stood out to me. So years later after college and really after getting married and everything, uh, I just thought, well, I'm going to try hunting and uh, had some, some good friends give me permission on their land. And, um, but within the process, I was trying to figure out halfway what to do. And um, I wasn't finding a lot of the information and I wasn't finding a lot of the style that I liked when it came to uh, uh, some of the podcast and YouTube stuff that I found. Some of it was good instruction, but uh, there was there was just language and content that I didn't appreciate. And so I thought, well, I'm going to start a hunting podcast myself and uh, kind of gear it a little bit towards new hunters, although we cover all kind of stuff. But I want it to be family friendly. Um, you know, I, I don't do Bible studies on here, per se, but at the same time, we keep it family friendly and you know, try to honor the Lord with what we do. So that's kind of how um, a little over a year ago, kind of July, um, July last year, I just started started cranking out episodes. And, uh, and here we are over 50 episodes later. Um, we've had some some incredible people, some people you would you would recognize their name, you know, have come on. And I'm like, man, I'm. I'm nobody, but uh, it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah. Well, you, you really, um, you know, you've really been a big encouragement to me. I want to say that. And, uh, you know, I, uh, uh, I, I'm also, I'm very busy. You know, my job, my job here obviously is a creative director at Liberty garden. Keeps me busy. I'm a father, uh, to a 20 year old son. My son is named Eric and, uh, he, I thank the world of him, and then I have a, uh, I have a wonderful, very supportive wife named Pam, and uh, she, she's a teacher. She teaches three and four year old pre K for special needs children. So, she's in, incredibly, incredibly uh, grateful, uh, 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 gracious, and and very, very patient woman to deal with me and my son. And especially, you know, she goes to, goes to school and deals with those, uh, with those special, you know, kids over at school. And, uh, you know, and, and she lets me do my art, you know, I mean, she, she lets me sit up there in my studio or, you know, now that I do a lot of it digitally on the computer, you know, I'm like, on the computer watching a football game and she, she doesn't say anything, you know? So I have to, I have to put my support out to her and say, thank you to Pam. That's awesome. Yep. I am. I have an amazing, amazing wife as well. She, uh, she actually teaches history and, uh, a couple of, couple of awesome little kids. They're, they're uh, three and one. So they're, uh, they're all over the place, but we have a great time with them. And, uh, you know, it's the same way hunting takes a lot of time. I mean, you got to get out there and that's always, you know, a blessing for her to, to, uh, you know, not, not complain if, and when I go. So it's, it's definitely a blessing to have support at home. Um, some, some of the future plans in case, you know, you or some of your listeners might be wondering what some of my future plans are, um, I, I have a company that I'm in talks with right now that is uh, looking at doing some mass reproductions of my work, some in e- even in large scale. 
and I'm looking at a potential gallery space uh, over in over in the uh, eastern part of North Carolina, kind of over towards the mountains, that would take on a special show and just you know keep this in your thoughts, man. But it's it's a special show that I'm wanting to put together. And, and I've got to get 30 pieces of work together to do it, but it would be a show that would showcase nothing but my hunting artwork from, okay. from, from ducks to the turkeys to, um, and, and I actually w am looking to team up with a taxidermist from the area and do a collaborative show to where in, intertwined into the art show is taxidermy, which I thought would just be phenomenal, you know? Oh, yeah. So, so that, that, that's one of my plans. Another one is I'm, I'm in the, in talks with several other uh, people. Um, people have really, really been on me. It's like, man, I know you can paint a duck and I know you can paint a turkey and a dog, but man, I want to see some white-tailed deer. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah, uh, you know, the white-tailed deer is, I've done a few paintings already, but, uh, you know, my confidence level with painting a deer is not exactly what it is to painting a duck or a turkey. So I'm still experimenting, still working, but my next plan is to roll out next year, um, and even maybe before next year, uh, a complete whitetail line of clothing. And I don't think there's anybody, I mean, I know there's a lot of people that have, you know, deer obviously is very popular, but I don't think anybody does paintings or paints whitetail deer the way I'll be painting them. So I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully you guys will be looking forward to seeing what I come up with. Oh yeah, that'll be cool. Definitely looking forward to seeing, uh, seeing that. Definitely. I'm sure there'll be some people uh, ready to ready to pick whitetail gear, no doubt. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and um, I'd like to put a, a put a special shout out to uh, the Sublimation Station at, at the Sublimation Station on Instagram. Check them out; they've been my uh, major producer of the work. Uh, the shirts that I'm doing, they're down in Orlando, Florida. So check them out. Uh, any any print on demand stuff you need uh reach out to joe joe down there he's been a great guy for me um again also i'd like to say a special thanks to lisa sear at searstudio.com you know without her i wouldn't be here talking to you uh, uh i believe it's uh john brown at florida uh i believe it's florida brown bandit yeah thanks Yep, that's right. Uh, Danny Klaus, check him out on Facebook. Uh, K-L-A-U-S-S. -S. Take a look at him on Facebook. I don't know if he's on Instagram. And uh, and then Brian Etheridge, also, um, he supplied me with this incredible, incredible photograph of his dog, Boomer. Uh, big stud black lab one of the most beautiful black labs I ever saw in my life as soon as i saw it i'm like man i got to paint that dude and it's actually right now the boomer shirt design is the most popular design so far on the on the okay. website Very and cool. if uh if you want to purchase my products you can go to uh 
www.kennethlairdstudios.com. Um, and as soon as you get to the Shopify store, it says Wear the Wild. Mm-hmm. You can also find my artwork. I've got a lot of uh, waterfowl artwork at society6.com. And you can get my artwork on everything from coffee mugs to towels to, I mean, I'm kind of a real sell out there, Jay. I'm telling you, dude, on Society6. I've sold, sold my soul, man. It's, it's uh, everything you could ever imagine with a duck on it. Yeah, I've been on there. It's pretty cool. So, um, but, uh, hey, I think I'm going to give you the honors, man, of picking out whoever's going to get this shirt, man. I think we just about covered all the stuff except we got to give away this uh pretty sweet uh pretty sweet uh shirt features some uh florida camo features uh uh who that picture yeah that was uh that was the very the very first turkey uh painting i did from just justin trent's uh, uh photography and I, I saw that the name the name of the painting uh, it's called Full Strut. Uh, it's a mixed media piece done in acrylic, mixed media, and uh, it's enhanced digitally in Photoshop. And, uh, you know, it's it's available on a, as a print, uh, but a sublimation printed on the, on a very high quality shirt, a little bit about the shirts. They're, they're I'm going to drop a name, man, but they're basically hook style performance fishing shirts is what my my long sleeve style is bamboo style very popular lightweight um top quality um double stitching on it so i think you'd be very pleased whoever this winner is on these shirts sir and i can say i own two of them from florida camo um and they are awesome lightweight moisture wicking everything all those all those terms that you see out there They've got it, and they're made in the USA, so good stuff. All right. All right, I've got it loaded into one of these deals that's, uh, you know, automatically pulls out a name if they meet all the criteria and that good stuff. It's above my pay grade, but it's going to spit out a name here momentarily, and we'll we'll get a shirt to somebody, man. All right. Would you? Would you? Uh, would you happen to uh, be able to share the? The, the person's name with me, Instagram. I want to also write them a personal message on Instagram, thanking them for, uh, you know, for liking me and, and following me too. Hey, Jay. Yes, sir. I'll get you their Instagram uh, name and everything so you can uh, reach out to them uh, personally, and that'll be awesome. I'm sure they will appreciate that, and they'll appreciate this shirt. All right. All good to go here. All right. Yeah. Hopefully that went well for you. Yep, Mr. Dan Mezu. All right. All right. I know who Dan is. He's left me a uh, an iTunes review, I do believe, on the podcast. So that's that's pretty awesome. Well, from Kenneth Laird Studios, congratulations, Dan. Awesome, man. We'll get you in touch with him and uh, we'll we'll get all that squared away and make sure he gets a shirt. So that'll be that'll be awesome. Thank you to everybody who entered and thank you to everybody who uh we started following Kenneth and uh, everything uh, throughout the giveaway. It's see, and I'm sure there'll be more coming down the line. Of course, you heard some exciting things about whitetail gear and additional artists and all that. So stay tuned to everything that uh, Kenneth has going on 
especially on Instagram, you can keep up with all the all the latest. All right. And thank you again for having me on this podcast. And thanks for all the support, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We really appreciate it. Hope you have a good one. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again for listening to the Wannabe Hunting Podcast today. Big thank you to Anabolic Grow for sponsoring this episode. A big thank you to Kenneth for coming on and talking about his artwork. I love it. It's interesting stuff to me. It's uh, fascinating. It's amazing. I can't, uh, I can't hardly draw anything, much less paint and all that good stuff. So I'm, uh, I think it's really cool. And then the clothing line, the designs look really cool on these shirts, and they are performance shirts. They're moisture wicking, all the light, everything you can uh, think of, everything you read about with those fishing type shirts. They've got all that good stuff built right in here in the United States, right here in Florida. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, for me, especially as a Florida resident. So you're going to want to check him out. Check out all the folks that Kenneth mentioned. He was so uh, kind to mention a bunch of people that have helped him along the way and supported him along the way. And so uh, check them out as well if you get a chance. Just want to thank everybody for listening. Oh, and congratulations to Dan on winning that shirt. Dan, if you're listening, shoot me a message on Instagram. I'll tag you in the posts and everything as well. But uh, congratulations, man. You're going to love that shirt. And appreciate you listening. I believe Dan has left me a, a review on Apple Podcasts. So uh, if you get a chance, do that as well. I appreciate the support from Dan and uh, glad that he was able to win this this giveaway. So pretty cool stuff. I uh, hope you all have a great day. Hope if you're hitting the deer woods, uh, good luck to you. And if you're still prepping for season, good luck to you. And if you're living uh, kind of on that west, uh, west side of Florida, um, thoughts and prayers are with you as the hurricane is heading this way. And... Uh, um, definitely we'll be keeping an eye on that in, uh, in our parts as well. But anyway, uh, thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for supporting. As always, honor God, work hard, have fun, and keep hunting.